Welcome to the Pro Football Jokes Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Alex. Uh, we're excited to have our late night edition of, uh, of our podcast here. Uh, I have with me here uh, the guy who uh, made us so late, uh, Jemp3020, finally back. Uh, how was watching The Grinch? Oh, dude, the Grinch is great as always. Would you believe it? This dude attempted to steal Christmas. How ridiculous is that? Who would ever want to steal Christmas? I'm happy for the Christmas season. I'm happy for December football and getting ready for playoff football. And as always, I'm ready to keep it 32 on this podcast. Well, maybe he just wanted more Christmas for himself. He wanted to steal everybody else's Christmas. Thought he'd just have year-round Christmas. I uh, <laughs> I think Christmas is I've never watched the movie. <laughs> family and helping people and things. I don't know. I don't know. I could be seeing a completely different movie than you are, but you know, it's all right. We're talking football, not uh, stealing things. Yeah, well, I'm excited for uh, for some football. It's uh, too bad there there was no football this Christmas on Christmas this year. It was it was fun uh, fun fun when Christmas on a Sunday or Saturday, and I have have the Christmas Eve football or Christmas football. Uh, but but it's also you know I guess you got the want to you know, hang out with their family. Yeah, with the Lakers playing Christmas, so some LeBron James, you know that all that that should fill like twenty yeah. percent of what football is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fun to have a little basketball, I guess, when you're for for the Christmas holiday. Um, also with me here, uh, Pep the Chip. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Pep? I just finished playing the new Zelda for six hours, so I'm ready to uh, maybe take a break and talk some football. (laughs) That's good. Um, Football is a nice little break from Zelda. That's (laughs) usually what I do after playing Zelda for six hours. You know, sometimes you just got to (laughs) decompress. This is a tough job. So here it is, 11.43. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Getting a little inside information of when we're doing our podcast um all right so why don't, why don't we get into some news um so this week uh there are a couple couple people uh looking for jobs now um the vikings firing john de filippo uh less than a year after hiring him uh, it was hot coaching name Co- was the qb coach for the uh super bowl champion eagles he coached up nick Foles to a super bowl mvp Everybody's like, ah, oh, he could be a head coach. Uh, didn't didn't quite get the head coaching. I've got an offensive coordinator job with the Vikings, uh, and fired less than a year later. What do you guys think of the, the firing? Definitely comes as frustration after this loss. Clearly, twenty-one to seven, right? Yep. They yeah, just couldn't get anything going, receiving and pat or rush rushing. Uh, like Bobby Wagner, he's like, they can't pass, they can't throw. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just making it uncomfortable right now. Uh, Zimmer was frustrated, wanted the running game to get going more all season. And uh, they were just relying on Kirk too heavy. I, I think the move makes sense, but I don't know if it'll change the Vikings offense that much going forward in this dire time for them. Well, i, I got to say a few things. I mean... I, I know Nick Foles and the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Congratulations. That was awesome. I just think too much credit was assigned to John D. Filippo when we didn't even know if he was actually like a talented coach and ready for more responsibility. It seemed like everybody deemed him as just the best, the next Sean McVay, the next uh, Sean Payton, all this kind of stuff. And it just 
is crazy to me in his in his first attempt as offensive coordinator. It just seemed like he did not click with his head coach. As uh, Pep mentioned, that Zimmer just wants to run the football and set up the passing game, and John D. Filippo wants to do all these crazy passing schemes to kind of get himself that head coaching job here soon. And I think John D. Filippo forgot about the importance of blocking because uh, the Vikings are god-awful at pass protection, and so that's uh, pretty key if you want to be setting up all these intricate routes throwing down the field. So uh, I was thoroughly unimpressed by his time in Minnesota and honestly not surprised at his firing. So I think he'll find another job. He'll do better as an offensive coordinator with a better team, better scheme, all that kind of stuff, but was not a marriage meant to work in, in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think there was, I mean, the, the Eagles, Eagles coaching staff just seemed to click last year and the, they they all separated and it was Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and John Filippo all working on that same offense. And, you know, I, I mean, it's obviously too early to say, you know, who was the mastermind of that offense, but, you know, Frank Reich is the only one who's kind of succeeding this year. After he's with the Colts, the Colts. Yeah, and, their head coach. And they're, yeah, they're they're killing it on third down and different things. I mean, a little slow start, but they've been on fire, and Andrew Luck looks good. And, I mean, yeah, he's, like you said, he's the only one that's really kind of proving himself to, to continue the success that he had in Philadelphia is continuing with the Colts. I mean, the, the Eagles sure. are obviously struggling, and the Vikings can't put up points despite having very talented, skilled position players. Uh, I mean, i got to give it to him. Uh, I mean, only, I mean, 12 weeks away from last season, but uh, he seems to be the most impressive coach. Yeah, I agree. And I, but I, sometimes it might, it might just be, you know, the marriage of, you know, all the coaches on the staff and that that's why it worked last year. And then maybe Frank Reich has some good coaches on his staff too, to help him with the offense. So, I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, it's like, I don't think Doug Peterson or John DeFilippo are necessarily bad coaches. Maybe they're just not in, as great of situations. Um, although I, I, I agree with you that I was not very impressed at the, the whole Viking. I mean, did, did he, offense did he do in anything that impressed anybody? You got two top tier receivers. I mean, again, Dalvin cook was hurt for a little while, but he is a good running back. And Latavius Murray is not really an average backup. Like he can be a starter for a lot of teams. Like you have tools there in the skill positions, Rudolph is a solid tight end. Kirk Cousins is a proven QB despite some of his flaws in prime time, especially on Monday nights and yada, yada, yada. But like all those things are there and he did nothing on offense that impressed me despite the offense looking impressive last year with Case Keenum as the quarterback. And Case Keenum is a serviceable backup, an all right starter at best. But honestly, Kirk Cousins is a superior quarterback, and they are looking so much worse on the offensive side of the ball. Like, John D. Filippo has not impressed me with what he's done with that. It's just kind of, I mean, is is that wrong? What do you think, Pep, about that? Uh, I think you guys just nailed it on the head. It, it's just not, a, hasn't been impressive. The tools are there. It's just, why isn't this working? And I think uh, Alex brought up a great point about the Eagles with Filippo and Frank Reich and Doug Peterson all working together and split those three up. Frank Reich's doing pretty well on his own, but you know. Yeah, I, and I do think, you know, some people might say like it's an overreaction because you know, Kirk, I, I mean, I do think Kirk has kind of struggled over the past few games um, and, you know, 
people think, you know, oh, they're only firing him because their offense just wasn't playing as well these past few games. And I don't think, I mean, there's some truth to that, but even earlier in the season, their offense was, was playing well, but it felt like the only reason they were ever moving the ball was like Kirk would make a great throw or Adam B would make a tough catch. Stephon Diggs would make a tough catch. Like nothing seemed easy for that offense. And yeah, I just feel I mean, like you, that's you kind want, of the coach's job to give. Yeah, give you watch the Rams. And I mean, the Rams have had a couple struggles. They played the best defense in the, in the league and the Lions and then followed by the Bears. Uh, so they struggled the last couple of weeks, but. I mean, you see how the schematically they, they find they have some easy drives, some easy plays. The Chiefs get big plays. And I mean, like you said, nothing had come easy for the Vikings. They made some good plays because they have some very talented players, but nothing seemed to really like work as it should. Uh, and, and I mean, you got to put that more in the coaching. I mean, yeah, of course, the players can do a little thing here or there, whatever, but. I mean, also the Vikings blocking has been terrible. Like Kirk has made some bad plays and he's always going to be prone to the bad plays, like kneeling when he should spike it. (laughs) But, (laughs) but I can't, I mean, I know you're a bigger Kirk uh, Alex than I am, but Kirk fan than I am. But I mean, you, you watch him drop back to pass and he barely like receives a snap before an average defensive line is about to, pop him in the face like there's nothing for him to truly do even though they seem to have an affecting effective run blocking and i honestly have to agree with zimmer on that front if like running is what's working for you guys commit to that and then set up your run let kirk play in the third quarter the fourth quarter once the run game has successfully kept the defense on their heels a little bit yeah i I agree their offensive line has been abysmal i mean they're it's tough to have a good offense when your offensive line is isn't good. Like you look at the best offenses in the league: the Rams, the Chiefs, the Steelers, even uh, the. I mean, they, the Saints. They all have you know some of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, just just a note on the Chiefs' offensive line: like they threw the ball like fifty some odd times last week and had zero holding penalties on offense with kind of like a scrambling quarterback. Like, it's just ridiculous. They're, they're, I mean, I'm sure they held whatever, but, like, their <laughs> offensive line is great. Like, it's just you, you need to have that if you want to be good. Yeah. Um, all right, why don't we move on um, from the John D. Filippo firing. Hopefully uh, this kind of sparks the Vikings offense. We see that with firing sometimes. That it'll, with the Whether it's the Browns or the Packers, um, you just see it. See it kind of spark the offense even if it's only temporary so hopefully that happens for the vikings um why don't we move on to another firing that happened uh earlier uh in the last week uh reggie mckenzie uh fired as gm of the raiders i mean clearly you know his horrible decisions of trading away amari cooper and khalil mack um all his fault not like he drafted those guys or anything um what do you guys think of this firing? This was the inevitable. I mean, I, I felt like this was going to happen at the beginning of the season because when you have a guy like John Gruden come in and, quote, assume all duties, and then he does just that and trades away Reggie McKenzie's best picks, uh, maybe Amari wasn't his best pick, but kind of undoes a lot of great things Reggie McKenzie did. Um, it's clear they weren't going to see eye to eye, and it was just going to be the inevitable. And another fact on that is um they're looking at bruce allen to replace him and i would love for that to happen please take him across the coast away from the redskins 
as far away as possible. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, I completely agree. I think, yeah, I think if this was just a power struggle, John Gruden was obviously going to win because uh, Mark Davis just loves John Gruden for some reason. I, I mean, if and if you're going to go in that direction, you got to commit to him. You, you, you let him make all these moves. You might as well see how it turns out. I mean, if you're going to give a guy 10 years, $100 million, you should probably care about his input. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see if it works out for him. I mean, he's he's got all these first-round picks. I mean, he could certainly – I mean, maybe he'll draft really well and got and you know get some of the cornerstones for his team, get a guy, you know, like a Khalil Mack. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> and Amari Cooper's able to killer. draft a guy like Khalil Mack on a rookie-scale contract, that would still be better. But, man, God, Khalil Mack is uh, – we've already discussed this on the pod before, but, man, that guy can play football. Um, no, I mean, that, I think that's the biggest thing for whoever, I mean, that really is going to take over there and, and be with John Gruden is someone that understands what John is trying to build. Theoretically, he's going to be there for the next nine years at least. Uh, understands the players that John wants, the system, the culture that he's building, and they're able to look and find people that will fit in and build that if obviously John Gruden has already established himself at, as the decision maker even though he doesn't like take credit for the decisions or the blame for the decisions uh, but find somebody that will actually be able to scout be able to look be able to um, draft specifically since they've invested so much in these draft picks in line with what John Gruden's looking for and uh, Pep do you think they'll, they'll they'll be able to do that do you expect a good draft out of the Raiders <laughs> I mean, you can only hope they've they've got quite a few chances to at least strike on one person. Uh, what they do with those and what they address, they have a lot to address. So, ah, uh, I'm kind of back and forth on it. I just don't know. I, you gotta hope he makes the right right picks, but I, I just I think there's too much volume. Yeah, I don't know. If there's any way for us to predict he's gonna make the right picks, but. We'll see. I mean, again, he, you're right. Pearson he has just a ton of ton of holes. Like he can draft pretty much any position. Just, just might as well go best player available at this point. Um, I I think uh, that's that's at least one advantage that he has with his picks. I mean, I, um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised, and I think it would be advantageous for them to. Um, and we'll see where whatever, I mean, the actual picks come out to be. The Dallas pick will be a little bit worse than we initially expected it to be, probably by like 10 picks or so, honestly. They've been hot, but uh, I think they might want to do the Patriots thing of trading down and getting themselves more picks because they got so many holes. They might as well sell yeah. high on some of those things and fill four spots instead of two. True, and the Bears pick is looking a little- not won't be that great either um but uh i i do think it's funny how like people are like killing the raiders for the amari cooper pick now which i mean obviously amari cooper turned out to be way better than any of us thought uh on the cowboys but i mean 
do any of us think that he would have had the same success if he had stayed in the, stayed on the Raiders? Oh, no. I mean, everybody his time in the, at the Raiders was done. Like they, if they would have yeah. paid him for the production he was giving them, they would have been even bigger idiots. So I mean, they they did what they had to do. They sold him, and amazingly, they got a first round draft pick, even if it's in the later end. They still did a great job, just not as great as we initially thought. Uh, his time there in the Raiders was was over. Right, and I, I think people just kind of want it, want to fit it to the narrative that the Raiders are just a mess. Um, but I mean, we can. I, I don't disagree that the Raiders are a mess, but that doesn't mean the Mari Cooper trade was a bad trade. They can still, you know, make good decisions. In, in theory, teams make trades because it's good for both sides. Like the Raiders get a first round right. draft pick, great for them. The Cowboys get an outside receiver, a number one receiver that's going to make defenses respect him, even though they've played him terribly, uh, so that they can open up the running game. So both teams honestly get a win in this situation. True. And, you know, maybe the Raiders aren't quite the mess that we thought they were because uh, they ended up getting a win last week over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that leads me to my next question. Um, are the Steelers going to make the playoffs, Pat? What do you think? Ooh, I was hoping Jeff would take this one because, you know, <laughs> I, it, it's it's hard for me to say now with the surging Ravens. Um, they are fighting for the division now. They are half a game ahead. And it just... They, they have the Patriots next week and then the Saints at, at the Saints. Uh, and if they lose both of those, and then even if they win the last game, they'll be 8-7-1. and one. <laughs> and then you're talking about the surging Browns. If the Browns went out, you've got a weird situation going on. Because then the Browns beat the Ravens in Week 17. What if the Steelers? Yeah, yeah. I know I'm just doing a lot of what ifs, but uh, I I don't know. I right now they are falling. It's true they could win the division at eight seven one if the Browns end up beating the Ravens. The Ravens end up. And the Ravens also lose the Chargers. Then the Ravens would end up eight and eight. The Browns would be could be eight seven and one, and the Steelers could be eight seven and one. And the Steelers would win the division. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. Good job, Cincinnati. Way to be in the way to be in the. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bengals are the one team in that division that's just completely I mean, out of it. Uh, you look at that, but, and you see the Steelers team. Of course, Connor being out has just hurt them because their running game is not the same and Le'Veon Bell can laugh all he wants but I mean he's not like he's <laughs> never missed a game before suspensions or injury wise so congratulations Le'Veon but uh, you, you look at the Steelers team and their offense is by far the most dangerous because I mean the Lamar Jackson thing is better than Flacco but I don't think it's going to be dominant it's not going to put up enough points to beat a great team thankfully they have a they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and so, I mean, they're going to fight really hard. But this Steelers-Patriots matchup, I think, is going to tell us a lot because both teams really could use the win. Patriots coming off a stupid loss against the Dolphins, and the Steelers desperate to, for a win to win the division. And, I mean, in hist- historically, the Patriots have just destroyed, owned the Steelers, like nobody's business, but both offenses match up pretty dang well against the defenses they're going against. So, I mean, it's honestly, this is the most toss-up Patriots-Steelers game I can remember for a while. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for me. I haven't set, I haven't submitted my picks for this weekly pick I need to do that here uh, probably after the show. Uh, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick. Yeah, n- nobody has, um, but... 
j- just putting that out there. But um, I, I do, I mean, I, I'm taking this, the, the Patriots in that game, uh, just so you guys know, because, um, I mean, they, they just have been owning the Steelers. That's just kind of, I just kind of expect the same thing to happen. Uh, the Steelers haven't been great. I, I don't, I'm not really worried about the Steelers, like, as, I don't think they're a bad team at all, but from these losses, but it's just the schedule just doesn't line up well for them. I, I mean, I losing to the Raiders is not good. Right. I mean, Big Ben left the game, and that's really when their offense stalled. Yeah, Big Ben I, wasn't doing that well before he left either. Right, but then he came back and immediately led to long drive, like he led the touchdown drive and then got them in field goal range and they missed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude slipped. That was really funny. I happen to be at an amazing uh, sports bar establishment. I'm going to give him credit. We'll give him a free shout out this time. Glory days. It's like glory days here. Oh, and yeah. uh, I was enjoying watching my Lions actually get a victory, thankfully. And uh, there happened to be an, uh, an intense amount of Steelers fans here for some reason. And they were all going uh, super obnoxiously throughout the whole game. And I was having funny, uh, having a fun time talking with my wife about it. And, uh, then, of course, it comes to the end of the game. They do the hook and ladder play. A lot of excitement, a lot of fun. They're all, like, talking smack, yelling a bunch of crap around the uh, around the establishment. And uh, then he slips and, and it falls, and I'm just at my table laughing. Ah, got to love it. <laughs> so talk, talk crap about be, almost beating the Raiders. I know. <laughs> that was the best. That's a yeah. very tough scene for them. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be tough for them to win this division. I, I think I feel like the Saints are just unbeatable at home. Uh, I mean, if it, if it was in Pittsburgh, that would give them a chance against the Saints. But I think not, you need not a healthy Ben. You need a healthy Ben and a healthy James Conner to have a fighting chance against these teams going forward. That's fair. And, and you look yeah, at the Saints, I mean, when the Saints are in a dome, especially at home. And right now, Sean Payton's got yeah. a little something to prove because he's kind of been stalled out the last couple of weeks to just actually dominate. They're going to be on a warpath. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them winning that one. Uh, the, the Patriots one, I could see them winning. I I just I think it's going to be tough with how the Patriots have stoned them in the past. Um, and that, you know, that opens the door for the Ravens. Um, there's a little bit of news with the Ravens that Lamar Jackson officially the starter. Uh Joe Flacco is finally active. They're making him the backup. So, I mean, it's pretty official that he's just been benched for Lamar Jackson. I think uh, I, I would say that him playing well against Kansas City, I mean, him giving the fact that they were in the game against the Chiefs and really could have won it if Patrick Holmes wasn't just ridiculous. Um, that, I think that kind of cemented him his place as the starter. Oh, man, so uh, you guys agree with this move? But, or will you guys go back to the elite quarterback of Joe Flacco? <laughs> Joe Flacco, I mean, his playoff run to win the Super Bowl is, I mean, seriously top notch. He had something like eleven touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like, I mean, it, I mean, had the prayer to that that one in that that game against Denver and such, and uh, awesome. I mean, Kobe Jones, Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. Like, congratulations, like dynamite. You, you got a few extra years, got a ton extra money because of winning that. It's amazing. But, it, I mean, it really is appropriate for Baltimore to move on at this time. They've been very stagnant. And, I mean, they're wondering, do we need to move off Harbaugh? Do we need, what do we need to do and those kind of things? And even though Jackson still is inaccurate and is probably going to make some of the worst decisions we see this year, especially when he throws the ball, 
gives them an identity and a new kind of rejuvenation, a new life. They kind of believe in this super athletic, very intriguing, should be developing new quarterback. It gives the defense some life. They control a little bit of the clock. They move the ball here and there. And uh, I mean, this Ravens team, while they seem a little gimmicky, a little crazy, a little out of the blue, are the real deal. I, I wouldn't expect them to make any major noise, but they are certainly a tough out. Yeah, I got to agree with that. And a couple weeks ago, I would have said, you're crazy if the Ravens just went 3-1 and one with Lamar Jackson. But uh, here they are, and they had a fighting chance against the Chiefs last week. Uh, so I think it makes sense to keep him as a starter going forward just because they have that momentum. But I think Flacco's not done if they keep this run going. What I mean by that, and I'm not wishing this, you just notice Lamar Jackson kind of near the end of each game after all these design runs, he, he wears down and he gets hurt a little bit. Uh, we saw it in the Chiefs game. He got pulled down, had to get taken out of the game. Saw it in the game before he went into concussion protocol. So I think going forward, they can keep rolling maybe, but they're going to have to turn to Flacco at some point if Lamar Jackson can't stay healthy like that. Yeah, you do make a good point there uh, that Maybe we haven't seen the last of Joe Flacco this year. Um, all right. Anyway, let, let's move on. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, our, our Pro Bowl ballots because Pro Bowl ballots uh, close um, this week. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can get this podcast out there before they officially close. But uh, regardless, let's let's talk about who we think is going to make the Pro Bowl rather than you know who people should vote for. Um, so why don't we start with... Uh, game's most important position, uh, the kickers. Um, so, um, my, my, I'll tell you who I picked uh, for the AFC and the NFC. For the NFC, I went with Will Lutz. Only missed one kick all year uh, for the for the Saints. Um, been make, making a bunch, obviously, on a prolific offense. Um, and then on uh, in the AFC side, I'm still going Justin Tucker. He's only missed two field goals. Both were blocked. Uh, and then obviously the one missed extra point that kind of cost them that game. Um, but still, there really haven't been any other kickers that have been, you know, close to as good. So uh, those are the two kickers I'm going with. Either of you guys <laughs> I have no objections. Uh, they they still have their jobs. Uh, that's enough to make the Pro Bowl this year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Kept their jobs yeah. all year. All right, I mean, let's move on to an actual position. Sorry. I mean, the, other ki- the other kickers who have been pretty good, McManus had an awesome start, but uh, it's kind of fallen off a little bit. And, I mean, you look at Matt Prater, I freaking love him for Detroit. However, we haven't been good enough. He hasn't had enough big kicks to truly be uh, in, in, in contention there. I mean, you got to love Justin Tucker and uh, Will Lutz. So, I mean, yeah, t- tough to really disagree with the, those picks there. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, certainly, certainly not Mason Crosby. <laughs> also having a great season uh aldrick rosas for the giants uh so he, he's, he's Actually, been killing it on the top but, of uh, kickers can we bring up kaimi fairbairn he's been pretty good as well yeah he's been yeah he he, he missed a couple of kicks recently which by i just moved him out there but uh he's he's been pretty money all season um dan bailey just quickly on kickers what a surprise yep yep <laughs> Well, yeah, everybody loses it at some point. Um, 
Father Time's undefeated, in case you guys haven't heard. <laughs> Jason Hansen uh, did pretty dang good for them Lions. That's true. Adam and Terry's still going strong. God, man, they do look so old. <laughs> See him, right. like, are you seeing his 60s? All right, let's move on to an actual position. Uh, I was joking. Um, before oh, I said, oh. <laughs> um, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Um, so let's start on the AFC side. Um, or actually, sorry, let's start on the NFC side. Um, so I think Drew Brees is kind of a lock. Um, but after if that, not the Super Bowl. Right. I'm saying who gets voted in for sure. first. Um, so I, Drew Brees is the lock. Um, but after that, it gets a little murky. So there are going to be two other NFC spots. Um, Real quick, kind of bold, but I'm going to go ahead and say don't even worry about I know it's borderline. I know you are debating with everybody. You don't need to consider Matthew Stafford a little bit of an off year for him. He'll come back <laughs> next year. Okay, I'll, I'll move him out of the discussion there. So I put five other guys there in the discussion for those two spots. Um, so I have Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Kirk Cousins. Who who did you guys pick out of those guys? Real quick, I mean, it's honestly easy for me. I know Rodgers just sent the or set the interceptions record, and his numbers are, I'm sure, Aaron Rodgers esque and all those kind of things. But their team just is so underwhelming that it's tough for me to want to throw them in the Pro Bowl and, and those kind of things. So I I would not pick Rodgers. Actually, Russell, uh, clicking on. I know they only had like 60 passing yards this last game and things, but just the way that he he's such a closer, such a finisher of these games that when you punt the ball back to him or kick the ball back to him, you know, even with five minutes left, you're not getting it back. He's going to find a way to scramble, find a way to get a guy. And uh, I mean, I would put Russ in it, but uh, even though Goff had just the worst freaking game last week, I think he's still with the, the Rams unbelievable offense. And the fact that he's been an MVP candidate most of the year, I'm going with Goff and Russ out of those last ones. What about you, Pat? Uh, this is tough, but Goff and Russ have winning records. I know that doesn't really account for much, but I'm looking at this list of leading passers yardage-wise, and it is looking rough for the NFC. Uh, <laughs> so I, I can't disagree with you, Jim. Um, Drew Brees is absolutely a lock. Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, guys having off years. Matt Ra- or Jared Goff had you know a rough game last week, but he's been running it all year well and uh russ is doing his thing as usual yeah i'm with you guys too i'd go russ and goff uh goff is you know uh, russ hasn't had his best season uh statistically and he's he's missed some throws he hasn't been playing as well as a passer but he's just he's he gives his team he's so gritty gives his team the chance to win every every time he steps on the field and uh he's leading his team to a to the playoffs, and it, I mean his his passer rating has been great. He's been efficient as a passer. He's he's made big plays every game. And honestly, um, I mean Aaron Rodgers truly has been missing throws for his team. You can blame it on whatever yeah. you want to be, but he's been missing throws this year that you'd expect, according to basically every commentator, the greatest person to ever touch a football would not miss. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I would probably put Aaron Rodgers fourth uh, out of those guys. Um, I think he's still played well, but. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd put those other guys uh, just just ahead of them. What about the AFC side? Um, all right, so AFC, I, I think it's a little more clear cut. 
cut to me, I would go Mahomes, Rivers, and Andrew Luck. Um, I, the only guys who I think might challenge that are Deshaun Watson and Big Ben. Uh, but I think I think Mahomes, Rivers, and Luck are kind of the clear choices. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you, Alex. Mahomes, Rivers, Luck, or they'll try to put Brady in there or Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, sorry, I, I did. I, I meant to include Brady as you know could challenge that too. I think he's he, he's in there, um, but I, I don't think he's played as well as the the top three. I think he's played as well as Big Ben. Uh, I would um, say probably better than Big Ben. Big Ben yeah. disappointed me this year. Even though he's been decent fantasy wise, but this number, but you just kind of watch him. It's just he does some Big Ben things, but you just kind of wonder, if, as you always do with the Steelers team. I mean, last year people were saying, "Is he going to retire?" Is he not? Whatever. Uh, and Brady has had he's missed a few throws. He's he's looking a little bit older, still top notch. I mean, still would love to have him on your team, obviously. But uh, like you said, Luck has been Andrew Luck, which has been awesome to have him back. Rivers has been truly the best Rivers we've really ever seen. And especially in terms of winning, we've seen him throw up some ridiculous numbers before, but they'd end up blowing games at the end, partially because he'd force a couple balls. And Mahomes in his first full season is like breaking records and getting close to intense records that people set 10 years into their career. So uh, Mahomes has just been so much fun for the league. Yeah. All right. So I think we're we're in agreement there that those those are the top three guys. Uh, I, Deshaun Watson's been playing a lot better recently. I, Slow I mean, start, he's, though. He's played pretty well. Yeah, he's he's played pretty well overall. Just uh, hasn't had quite. Uh, I don't think his offense has been quite as good he's as those, those Fuller. other guys. Fuller. I mean, who he had a connection with really kind of sucks. Right, and he's kind of had to work around his his offensive line not pass protecting well, and they they've been a very good running team. Um, so he's, they've been kind of riding the running game, um, which isn't a bad thing for them, but just in terms of his making the, the Pro Bowl um, kind of hurts his chances. Um, all right, why don't we go to the running backs? Um, so let's start in the NFC. Uh, the NFC running backs are just loaded to me. Uh, so that, there's really five guys who really all could be very good Pro Bowl candidates. Uh Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, and Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, Todd Gurley can make it, but uh, of those other two guys, the other two guys that can make it of those four, uh, who do you guys think? The next like lock, I have to say, is Barkley. I agree. Even though even though the Giants have been up and down, yada yada, they've been kind of hot here. But I mean, you watch that dude and like. We're seriously considering why teams that needed quarterbacks still did not pick this guy ahead of their quarterback that they picked because this dude has been unbelievably electric. So, I mean, I think Barkley's also a lock. Yeah, no doubt Barkley's a lock. And on top of that, I believe he's like 12th in the NFL in receptions. Thanks to Eli Manning's dump offs, but mind you, he has 1,100 rushing yards, uh, 200 more than the fourth leading rusher, Philip Lindsay. At 950. Um, and he's just doing it all for that team, even though, you know, all isn't enough for the Giants, yada, yada. But Saquon's a total lock. All right. So Gurley and Barkley are locks. Uh, who is the third guy? I got to say Zeke. Zeke, uh, he's he's doing his thing. He's in full stride, and he's leading the NFL in rushing yards. Um, and 
really giving that Cowboys team a, a surge. Mm. What, what was the, the fifth name that you said there? Alex? Uh, Chris McCaffrey was the fifth guy. Uh, Alvin Kamara was the other guy. Hmm. I mean, Kamara, he, he's had his moments for sure, but I mean, he's kind of been stifled the last couple of weeks, so maybe that's why I'm not as high on him. But McCaffrey has been just hot. It's, it's, I mean, Elliot is after they've gotten uh, the trade for the for uh, Amari Cooper, he's been getting stronger, I feel like. But uh, I actually think I would go McCaffrey over Elliot. Just McCaffrey's dynamic. I mean, Elliot's improved in the passing game for sure, but McCaffrey has been keeping that offense going, even though they've lost a ton of games here in a row and Cam Newton's been hurt and playing terribly. McCaffrey is still putting up just unbelievable numbers in his efficiency and truly in someone who did not fully believe in McCaffrey coming into the NFL and he had a solid, not great rookie season and then is kind of exploding. I'd be surprised for them to pass up McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey's definitely been really hot past, you know, five or so weeks. Um, but I, I, I'd have to lean with Pearson. I, I, I'd go Zeke. He's leading the NFL in rushing yards. He's, the, the Cowboys are winning with, you know, running with him. You know, they've, you know, rediscovered that Amari Cooper has been a big reason why as well. Um, but I, I think, you know, you can't forget about the first part of the season. McCaffrey wasn't really doing that much on the ground. Um, he's still certainly a weapon out of the backfield regardless. Um, and that's an advantage. Uh, I, I don't think we should forget about, you know, the weapon that Alvin Kamara is either. Like he's, he's just one of the most unique players in the NFL. Like just his ability to, you know, line up, line up out wide and beat defenders no matter what. Um, and he, some, there are times when he just looks unstoppable there just as a receiver, uh, in the saints offense. Um, but you're right. He hasn't, he hasn't been as hot recently, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to give it to Zeke. Yeah, man, it's just such a tough, a tough choice. Yeah. But <laughs> David Johnson's my dark horse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Why don't, why don't we move over to the AFC side? Uh, not quite as loaded in the AFC. Not at all. Uh, running back. Um, so I think Melvin Gordon is almost for sure going to make it, even though he's missed a few games with injury. Um, still with all the touchdowns, the fact that he's been so good when he's been on the field um i think james connor is probably going to make it as well um i just don't see anybody else and uh i i, I don't know what how this works but uh, is, is it possible kareem hunt could make the trouble um you know i i just don't think you can cross that bad boy off i mean he's been the next most productive back for, for the season, I mean, could I mean, can he play in the Pro Bowl if, if he's under the exempt list? I doubt. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, you know, fan voting has been going on for months now. You know, it's possible he could. Uh, I mean, it'd be it's one third fan vote, one third players vote, one coaches vote. I don't know when the players vote and the coaches vote. The, the crazy thing is, Kareem Hunt would be playing in the NFL if they didn't have that video. They could have reported and written the exact same story, and he would be playing. However, they caught it on video, so he's out. Yeah, uh, as right. he made a terrible mistake, uh, and uh, he 
I cannot imagine right. making the Pro You're Bowl. Right. However, right. if you we, we have playing, to we have to take him out of the Pro Bowl. Uh, so why don't we put Joe Mix in it instead? Uh, the third spot. Not Nick Chubb. <laughs> Great, very respectful Joe Mix. You're not gonna play. put Nick Chubb in there. Yeah. So those my other three guys. Uh, if Cream Hunt is uh, obviously, I, I don't think he can make the Pro Bowl. Um, but so my other three guys for that last spot would be Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Philip Lindsay. Uh, uh, Ch- I mean, Chubb not playing basically the first four right. games of the season, <laughs> four or five games, hurts him exponentially, and it's just a condemning mark for Hugh Jackson. <laughs> so, uh, which sucks because I carried Chubb on my fantasy team for all the weeks he didn't play, and then finally let go of him the week before he ran for two hundred yards and two touchdowns. But, uh, <laughs> and everybody picked him up immediately. But anyways, I'm I'm over that, uh, Chubb. So that that part's tough for me. Connor and Gordon, like Gordon for sure. I think Connor more than likely, but he's got to at least like come back and have a half decent game. I feel yeah, like. Well, I mean, probable voting ends this week, so. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. So he'll probably get in. Him, he's had a Pro Bowl season, but it's just kind of crazy yeah. if he's going to miss this amount of time. Uh, I gotta. I mean, I gotta go. Phil Lindsay, man, this guy's coming out of nowhere, and just. He's a beast. He's he continuing to, to to bring that Denver team into. I mean, the defense keeps him in games. Yes, Case Keenum does his best, but he's been turnover prone like he's used to and like he is, honestly. And, and Lindsey's just been, been dominant and just finds a way to keep that offense going. And you think he's going to uh, – you think this is going to stop. You think like, oh, it's a fluke, whatever, you know, Linsanity, all that kind of good stuff. But no, he's been throughout the year just a, a – extremely solid running back that just finds a way to get more yards than you expect every single time he touches the ball. Yeah, uh, he's been good. I, I, uh, Man, I think it's tough. I, I think it's probably going to be Joe Mixon. I think he's been the next most productive back. Uh, I, I could – I'd like to I, – I would if I was voting, I would vote for Nick Chubb because I think Nick Chubb's just been so good since he came in. I know he missed – the beginning of the season, but he's just been such a beast. Uh, I, and I was not a big fan of him coming out of college either. I, I, I watched him and was like, I, I don't know about Nick Chubb coming to the NFL. And then, but I, you know, I liked the situation when he was, when he was, when Carl thought was trading, I picked him up in a bunch of leagues and he's just been, he's been fantastic. But I mean, I'm mixing out for me purely on the fact that Cincinnati is the least scary team to play in the NFL right now. True, but uh, he's like their but that only also offensive was a t- weapon on their it, team. I was about to say it's a testament to him that he's still successful, even though there's nothing around it. But it just, and like just it's unfortunate for him that just the mindset of him being on the Bengals like just removes all talent from my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which again could be unfair to him, but I, I know what you're saying about Chubb. Chubb has been freaking cool got to watch him in person was a lot of fun to see him see him go even though it was the weirdest game ever uh against the browns but uh like i just i mean they're playing this week unfortunately we don't get us we don't get a vote after denver plays cleveland that can be a separating sort of game who which running back kind of uh true kind of captures people's attention but uh i, I i'm leaning Lindsay pep what, what are you thinking about this chime in on this please <laughs> i i Really don't mind either one making it. I'd say probably at this point, um, Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I'd say Philip Lindsay. Fair, Phil. I think Philip Lindsay's been great too. I, I I've enjoyed 
uh, watch. Give it to him. The undrafted, the the, the, the star we all. I, I will bring this up, guys. He is the fourth leading rusher in the NFL. Kind of, kind of quietly, honestly. But um, the man, the fourth, or I thought you said he was fifth. Fourth. Fourth. Okay. That's uh, that's pretty good for an undrafted guy. Uh, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> all right. Want to move on to wide receivers? Um, so in the NFC. Uh, I think Julio is a lock. Um, you know, I would say a few other guys are locked, but uh, there's you know again a lot of good good guys. Um, I think Michael Thomas is probably a lock. I think Adam Thielen is probably a lock. Then there's Mike Evans, Devonte Adams, and Odell Beckham. Um, so I, I I'm only gonna say that Julio's a lock. Who do you think gets those last? three spots i would i would be amazed if thomas was not in it yeah i, I agree so it's just the, i mean the last two weeks of being again not as amazing the saints as they've kind of sputtered but it's just the fact that they basically carried a 90 percent completion percentage on like 12 targets a game is unreal <laughs> in the yardage and the production he had like that like, like he's just so good i'm and i'm not an ohio state fan by any means but michael thomas can play football and he should be in the in the pro bowl this year yeah I, I think I, I think he's definitely in. Um, yeah, and do, do you guys think Adam Thielen makes it too? Or I think so for sure because uh, of that. What was it? Eight consecutive one hundred yard games. Yeah, he's already had a hundred three receptions with three games to go. I mean, yeah, I think he's leading the NFL in reception and second in receiving yards. Yeah, and Michael Thomas is just behind him with one hundred two. So I. I gotta agree. Uh, okay. Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, and Michael Thomas are my locks. All right, well, then who gets your last spot? Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, or Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I think I'd go Mike Evans. Um, with the switching between the quarterbacks, he's still been producing like crazy. Mm-hmm. I think I'd actually. Different. Yeah, you go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I, and this hurts every single part of myself, but I, I gotta say, Adams, man, how does a guy find the end zone that much? What do the Packers have? Like, and that, this dude still gets freaking touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. I, I think I'd go Devontae Adams. He's tied for the league lead in receiving touchdowns, uh, and yeah, he's the only receiver on the Packers. Really, I mean the. The Bucks offense has kind of been rolling as a as a whole, even though I mean they get yards, they they move the ball. You know there've been games. Chris Godwin's had big games. Deshaun Jackson's had big games, and even Adam Humphreys has been turning on lately. But uh, I, I mean Mike Evans has been great too. But I I got to go with Devontae Adams. Yeah, and, and OBJ, yeah, super good fun, argument. good receiver, obviously best quarterback on their team, but. Uh, it doesn't have to leave him out of, of the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, I I think Odell Beckham's clearly better than those other guys, but he's just kind of been hamstrung by the. Yeah, it, it's not a knock on him. Everybody knows his talent and all that kind of right. stuff, but just production wise, you got to go on what's happened this year, and he yeah. might fill in for when whoever Thielen or Thomas or Jones, more likely Thomas or Thielen, is in the. Mostly Thomas, I guess, out of this group will make the Super Bowl. So, 
yeah uh, yeah i mean yeah that's the thing is all these guys are gonna get in because people drop out people go to the super bowl people get hurt um so all these guys will end up making a pro bowl on their resume um all right let's move on to the afc um so this one i don't think there's as many good receivers but i think there are two locks uh tyree kill uh deandre hopkins um then the last three spots, I, I would say, our last two spots, sorry, would go to one of, or two or three people, uh, either Keenan Allen or those two Steelers receivers. Too bad Screw's not here. Uh, Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I, it hurts us all, you know? I, I know <laughs> we don't want to say it, but it's the four. I, I have as my locks. I have Tyreek, DeAndre Hopkins, Juju, and A.B., I mean, to all four. Yeah. Man, you, you, I just got to say again, Tyreek Hill is so much fun to watch play football. Dude gets separation and his speed and just it's freaking fun. And Hopkins, I'm so glad Watson is a, a, a good quarterback so he can actually like be himself. So I'm glad they're locks and excited, excited for them. And uh, man, Juju's numbers are better than AB this year. So if you're going off numbers, you got to go Juju. But I mean, if you're looking at the games and know why Juju is getting more open than AB is, like, uh, like that's a freaking toss-up for me. But how can you not reward the Chargers and the fact that their offense is so good and, and not give it to Keenan Allen? So I mean, yeah. honestly, as weird as this is, I'm going to go Keenan Allen, and if I'm just going off the year and numbers, I'm going Juju, which is incredibly weird, and leaving AB out, which sounds like a travesty, but that's me. Yeah, uh, I you know I really wanted to put Keenan Allen in there, but I, I got to give it to both the Steelers receivers. I mean, Juju's just been making big play after big play. It seems like every time the Steelers need a play, Juju making it, not AB. Uh, but I got to put AB in there too, just because he's getting all the double coverage and he still has over a thousand yards and he's still tied for the league leading touchdowns. Freaking so, yeah, you swung me. God, <laughs> I gotta go AB. Freaking monster. <laughs> Yeah, and he has been wildly inefficient with the uh, he's get he gets a crazy amount of targets and just um so I mean that's one knock on him, but I mean that's because of the crazy coverage, the fact that Ben tries to force it in there, which I, I think that's more of a knock on Big Ben than on Antonio Brown. Um yeah, it's it, I can't I can't so, yeah, I just want to say it's just, for Keenan Allen, I'm sorry, man. I, I want to stay with you. I really do. I want to reward you guys because you guys are actually the best Chargers team we've actually gotten to see again in terms of wins, not necessarily potential, but yeah, <sighs> yeah. And Keenan Allen's a beast, so I mean he'll yeah, he'll be fine, but uh, he'll 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 see another. I would love to just uh, real quick. I just love to run a sprints against. Tyreek Hill, just for the, just for the <laughs> same, like the insanity, beat by a mile and a half in a mile race. Like, that would be so, so much. Could pull a, so much pull a Seinfeld <laughs> and still lose. I could leave three seconds early and he'd beat me down to the field by minutes. Like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> All right, let's go on to tight ends. Uh, I think this is interesting. NFC, I think. Uh, it's pretty obvious it's Zach Ertz and George Kittle. Uh, I don't really think we even need to talk about that. George Kittle. For, we'll, we'll, hold on a second. Let, let's just talk about how did George Kittle not set the record for most He needed five yards in the second half. 
Blame Nick Mullins. Shouldn't have called like a little bubble screen to him or something to get him five yards. I mean, come uh, on, it's, man. it's like the it's like the Adrian Peterson game where they like just kind of got scared. They don't want to go to three three hundred. They want to keep the record. This guy, they just <laughs> scared. Yeah, they have the whole second half to do it. He got <laughs> all of it in the first half. <laughs> 210 yards. I think in the first half. half, the whole, like, I mean, defensive scheme was like, this guy's name is George. He cannot put up <laughs> 300 yards on us. Somebody freaking get in front of him. And just was, everybody was threatened to the point of death to, to not let that happen. Yeah, he's been an absolute beast. Uh, and Zach Ertz is going to shatter the tight end reception record. Um, so that's obvious. AFC, Travis Kelsey, obviously. And then the second spot, this goes to one of two guys, uh, I think. Pretty obvious. Uh, either Jared Cook or Eric Ebron. Oh, both of my fantasy team. Both carry my fantasy <laughs> team. I play them over wide receivers. <laughs> I mean, I, you got to look at it two ways, basically. I feel like, yeah, like, I mean, you're looking touchdowns. Eric Ebron is basically like he's got 12 receptions, receptions on the year, 12 touchdowns. Uh, if you want more overall production, you're looking at Cook. Yeah, Cook has 172 more yards, uh, three more catches, but six less touchdowns. Ah, come on. Let's throw Eric Ebron in there. Again, I'm happy for Ebron. I don't know why he had to throw shade at the Lions. Uh, We used him very correctly. He was (laughs) wide open so many times and balls thrown right to his hands. They hit him in the hands. Apparently, yeah, that's, that's you can't throw the ball to his hands when you play for the Lions. Again, I loved him on the lines. He kept getting open. I kept believing. We believed him for full, for four years, and he just didn't produce for us. So, I mean, you could say whatever you want to. I'm glad you're on the Colts. I'm glad you're producing. It's because you're actually squeezing the ball. So maybe our coaches didn't say that. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to go. I got to go Ebron, too. It's just the ridiculous touchdown production is too good to, to pass up, even though Cook has had a dynamite year for a worse team. Yeah, I think they've both been like super valuable to their teams. I think just the Raiders haven't had anybody else to throw to, and the Colts just whenever they need to play, they seem to go to Eric Ebron. And uh, so I, I think I'd go Ebron too. Uh, it's very close for me. Um, yeah, but the, just the Freaking fact that he's Eric that Ebron. Much. Eric Ebron rarely blocks, and he's like six three. And he's not necessarily that much bigger than the average wide receiver, and he's just about as fast. So it's just amazing to me that he's like tight end, but that's what the position is. Yeah, uh, and he's just produced out of it. So you got to give it to him. Yeah. So yeah, I, I give it to Eric Ebron. Um, let's. Uh, I, I'm assuming we don't really want to talk about the offensive lines, uh, but I will throw out a few guys that I just think you should vote for. Please get Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz in the Pro Bowl. Uh, he's in case you guys don't know, he's the right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, and he has made second team All Pro for three straight years, but he's never been to a Pro Bowl because people don't vote for him because nobody cares about offensive linemen, especially right <laughs> tackles. Um, but I mean, not only is he an All Pro caliber right tackle, but he's been in the uh, AFC West where he's had to block Von Miller and Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack for past years. Uh, and like and he's been great uh so please please just vote him in there that's three of like the top six <laughs> in the NFL, but he has to block twice a year each. okay chris collins <laughs> no okay that's a great point um 
Anybody else? Oh, Ryan Kelly, uh, center for the Colts. Uh, I know you're going to vote in Quentin Nelson, I would hope. Uh, you know, he's the big name, the, the top pick uh, this year. He's been great. Um, but Ryan Kelly has been great for the Colts, too. He's their center. Um, and you can see he's he's been out the past couple weeks. Uh, but you can kind of see the difference. Uh, they, they were just on such a roll. And, you know, there's, there's a pretty clear difference when Ryan Kelly's not out there. So uh, get him in there. Um, other guys are kind of obvious. I, I won't go into anybody else because uh, we're running short on time here. Um, defensive guys, um, we'll, we'll, we'll just move through this a little bit more quickly. Uh, any 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 defensive guys that you guys, uh, obviously Aaron Donald, Quill Mack, Von Miller, those guys who you know have to be in there. Any, any guy, other guys you really feel strongly about getting in there? How about them? Uh, I'll give you Three Cowboys more. linebackers that are not named Sean Lee. What do you guys think? Lane Vanderash has been an absolute beast. The only problem is that he is in the NFC and will not get in because Bobby Wagner and Luke Keekley both just have to get in. They're, they've been as good as ever, and they're the best two linebackers in the league. I, and they're only I tried. two I, middle I tried there, guys. <laughs> I, I don't disagree, but at least I tried. I, I was I was going through the middle linebackers in my voting and like the top ten are like all in the NFC. Like I'm like, who yeah. am I putting in the AFC? It's like I'm like uh I'll put in Joe Schobert and Avery Williamson. <laughs> like <laughs> Warren Burks, throw him in there, Pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I don't know on that one. Um Oh, another guy I feel strong about. Uh, Eddie Jackson has just been a beast for the for the Bears. The, he just makes plays. He has, what, five touchdowns over the past two years? He's only been – or I think four touchdowns, sorry. Um, it, it might be five. I can't remember now. I think he has five picks this year. He has four touchdowns over the past two years. He's only been in the league two years. Uh, but he's just a beast at safety. Um, he has to be in there. Um How about Kyle Fuller? Yeah, I put him in there as my as a Pro Bowler. He's uh, tied for the league leading picks, um, and, been, and uh, uh, he leads in pass defense, I believe. Really, I I, I wasn't. I, I think he's I think got right. twenty six. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and the next best is Xavier Howard at nineteen. Yeah, Xavier Howard's got to be in there too. Well, he he's been a beast this year. Um, oh, and then. Uh, you, you were talking rookie linebackers, Jack. Uh, one guy who has to get in there, Darius Leonard. Please get Darius Leonard in pro. He has been so good. Uh, leading the league in tackles by a ridiculous amount. He's like, yeah, I think he has 135 tackles. The next highest is 118, and he missed a game. Uh, and not only that, he has seven sacks. <laughs> he has 135 tackles and seven sacks. Uh, it's insane. Please get him in Pro Bowl. Uh, rookie of the Year, or Defense Rookie of the Year, is going to be uh, an intense race. It is. Um, but, yeah, please get him in there. I know you – I guess it doesn't matter for him, but, like, normally for outside linebackers, you're just, like, looking who has the most sacks. Um, so he – since he has seven sacks, he'll be up there anyway. But uh, just just remember the, all those tackles he's getting, too. He's an off-the-ball linebacker. He's getting all those sacks. It's crazy. Yeah, I couldn't. I I can't think of any other names, Alex. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess we may named all the the big ones. Um, D Ford is having a really good season for the for the Chiefs. I think he he's got to be in there an outside linebacker. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think we'll leave it at that. Nobody else uh, really stands out to me that you know you got to put in there. Um, so yeah, I think those uh, we, we went over our Pro Bowl ballots uh, pretty well. Uh, wh- why don't we uh, close it out here with some overreactions? Uh, Jim, why don't you uh, kick us off? Oh man, if I was on the show last week, my overreaction would have been very negative towards Matt Patricia. Thankfully, I was <laughs> talked off uh, off of that ledge. Uh, and man, I just had so many things that um, incited a very strong reaction uh, to me. But the one I got to go with is um, that the New York football giants, after thrashing, according to uh, Alex at profootballjokes.com, who uh, he claims the Redskins are the best team of all time, uh, the New York football giants thrashed the Redskins without Odo Beckham Jr. So my overreaction is Odo Beckham Jr., while fun, while talented, while all these amazing things, does not make them a better football team. So I suggest, you know what, go ahead and just bench him. Make him your like four-string four wide receiver. No big deal. Trade him to the Lions. He sucks. So uh, overreaction. Certainly uh, Odell does not make them a better football club. Yep, as long as they play Mark Sanchez every week, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat, wow you got no reaction that was that was quite the overreaction jim you know uh speaking of that game josh johnson came in and played pretty well uh did you guys know he was the number one overall pick in the alliance of american football league for the san diego fleet <laughs> i did hear that uh this this week what well he was and i i dug into the alliance of american football <laughs> And I found the hottest quarterback battle in the nation. Now you can talk about Flacco, Lamar Jackson, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts. I've got a better one for the Memphis Express of the Alliance of American Football. With their first pick in the draft, they took Troy Cook out of Tennessee Martin. He doesn't matter. But their next two picks, Christian Hackenberg and Zach Mettenberger. That is the hottest quarterback battle <laughs> in the nation and honestly i gotta take zach mettenberger what do you guys think oh yeah i think think zach mettenberger sure give zach all the weapons he had at lsu and he'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) Yep. um he he has chris gibbons as one of his receivers Gibbons is still still kicking uh he, he was all right there for the Rams for, for a little bit. He was like their best receiver, which was really sad for a while. Um, yeah. All right. Why, why don't I give my overreaction so we can get to bed at a somewhat reasonable hour? Um, so my overreaction, uh, I was watching the Rams this week, uh, and they were struggling a little bit against the Bears, uh, but it just made me realize how good Sean McVay is at you know, designing offense, and he's uh, we've been spoiled with how, how good the Rams' offense been. They were bound to stumble here eventually, um, but then you know, you watch their special teams and Johnny Hecker throw a pass, and I'm like, you know, I think the Rams would still be a playoff team even if Johnny Hecker was their quarterback. 
that's how good their coaching staff is and you know how good Johnny Hecker is as a passer. So I think he could just step in there, Sean McVay, coach him up. He'd be like, hey, this is what the defense is doing. Make this throw. Johnny Hecker would make the throw. Maybe he's just their cold weather quarterback <laughs> instead of golf. <laughs> yeah, that that's a, a new strategy for the Rams. <laughs> I think that's a great overreaction. It's entirely possible. Uh, you know, Vinny Tesverdi on the Jets in 1999 went down in game one of their season opener towards Achilles. And uh, they, they, for some reason, I can't remember the reason, they had to make their punter, who was a college quarterback, their quarterback for three quarters. And he threw two touchdown passes um, <laughs> until their backup Compete could come every in. every day, man. Exactly. So, you know, it is possible in this league for something like that to happen. Never give up hope, fans. That's our message to you. Your chance might always be there. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're a Redskins fan and you're just out of quarterbacks. No, we're fine. <laughs> Josh Johnson's going to be great. Uh, it's all going to be okay. Um, so, four. Uh, Pep, the Chep, Gem, 32-20, back uh, in the studio. Uh, not literally, but uh, he's here talking. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Ox, and uh, we will see you next time.